Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. You are Locked On Mavericks, your daily podcast on the Dallas Mavericks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, it's Locked On Mavericks for Wednesday, March 1st. And thank you for listening to the uh, Locked On Mavericks podcast. We are brought to you by SeatGeek. You probably already know that, but let me remind you. And if you don't already know that, uh, welcome. Because uh, SeatGeek is the best online ticket broker out there that's running on these streets. So you want to go see Metallica in June, Lady Gaga in December, uh, maybe Rangers opening day perhaps. Um, you're going to need to do that via the SeatGeek app. Throw that thing on your phone, whether it's Android or an iPhone, and uh, set it on that homepage. I don't want it on the second or third page. I want it on the, on the homepage so you can easily get to it. Because what SeatGeek will do for you is gather up all the tickets from the other brokers, the companies that you don't even know about that have deals on tickets, and they're going to put them in front of you. They have a, uh, a deal score. They're going to tell you which deals are good. Green value is good. Red value is bad. Uh, pretty simple system there. You can click on your seat, check out the sight line, and uh, what you really care about is saving a little bit of dough. And that's where we come in. If you download the SeatGeek app, go to the bottom right-hand corner, it says me. That's the account tab, that's the settings tab. There is a little bar right across the middle that says enter promo code. Guess what? You are going to enter a promo code. And the promo code that you're going to enter for uh, in regards to our podcast is LOMAVS, as in Locked on Mavs. And what that'll do is save you $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase via the app. So you get out to an event you were trying to go to anyway, saved a little bit of money, and uh, there was no hassle involved. So win, win, win on all sides. So uh, thank you, SeatGeek. And uh, what I'll bring for you today is, uh, well, Jake's in Chile. So that makes it a little bit difficult <laughs> to record a podcast uh, whenever you're, ch- you're in Chile. So um Apologize for missing Monday and Tuesday, but uh, you know what? You can just deal with it because uh, we do this for free. So um, I do appreciate the tweets asking when we're going to get back at it, um, and the answer is now. So whatever you did uh, to schedule on your Palm Pilot or something, you can put it as now. Um, but I did have a really long conversation with uh, Brian Damaris, who co-hosts the post-game show with uh, Jake and I. Uh, he basically started the analytics department with the Mavericks way back in the day. And uh, he's really tight with Cuban. He's really tight with a lot of guys in the organization. Um, he's an important mind around the room um, whenever decisions are made, quite honestly. And uh, you'll hear through our conversation some of the situations he's been in um, of recent. But um, just wanted to sit down, get a feeling for this season, how we build the thing back up, uh, a process that process that's clearly already uh underway and uh thought you'd enjoy it so 
It ended up going a little long, so I cut it into two parts. So first half will be today. Tomorrow will be the second half, unless, like, uh, with our Bobby Corral interview, unless they trade for Nerlens or something like that, which is basically physically impossible. But I hope you enjoy my conversation with Brian Damaris. He's a really interesting dude. And uh, check us out Friday night on the uh, the post-game show on the, uh, the tickets. All right, let's get to it. All right, so I'm here with a uh, friend of the pod, post-game co-host on the little ticket for uh, Mavs games, obviously. That's the topic of the day, every single day. Uh, Brian Damaris, how are you doing, pal? What's going on? Good to be back. Good to see you again, man. I think we uh, did a season preview where you told everybody just to wait and see on Harrison Barnes and quit being so mean. And uh, There you go. He's pretty good. <laughs> he is, uh, you know, it's just amazing how that preseason played out because it was just he was, I think, of anybody who was playing like standard minutes, mm-hmm. what was he, second to worst field goal percentage? He was having a rough go. Um, but so even I was like, oh gosh, maybe I'm just, you know, because I know the guy, I'm kind of towing the line. But uh, I remember when he signed in July and I was uh, kind of the, you know, third guy in a in a lunch where I didn't say anything and I just kind of was acting like I was on my phone and and Rick was talking to him about, you know, expanding his role. And like, we believe you're more than just the fourth guy in the corner. And, you know, you, you say that to all the girls, you say that, but I think Rick believed it. Mm-hmm. And I think Harrison believes it, but it's like, all right, you know, we, you're going to have to put in a lot of work to get there. Um, but the guy is a gym rat. He's literally the nicest guy in the NBA. I haven't heard one negative thing from anybody in the locker room about him. I mean, he has just come in, fit in, worked hard, and I think the blessing in disguise of the horrible start has been it forced him to to be that guy early and just forced him to be like, all right, you're our horse. And, you know, now that everybody's back, you know, you see when he gets the ball and they need that bucket late in the fourth, you know, he, he doesn't have to learn that now he, he's got that under his belt and he is a consistent 20 and six guy and you know I, I just don't think you know you can ask for more you know yeah he's not going to be your number one on a championship team but as you build around it uh you know he's giving you exactly what you want um in terms of his development it's almost like necessity is the is the mother of invention you know it's like we had to have a guy that could score that much to at least compete in and, games. Oh, it's going to be you, $96 million guy. <laughs> yeah. Here you it's, go. It's, it's actually you. So I hope you're ready for that. And anybody that kind of like went into that season going, this guy's going to be awesome. Like, okay, you're just guessing at that point because there were no indications that he was going to be this. Um, I mean, he had the talent. I mean, coming out of high school, oh, yeah. he was number There's the recruit. pedigree. You know, he played well at Carolina. I mean, he, he, you knew that he was talented. He just, they didn't need him to do that stuff. In mm-hmm. State. And yeah. the little flashes... You know, you're kind of pressing when you only get two or three opportunities a game. Of course. And so he just, you know, uh, you know, I don't. I think it was guesswork. But I, I know that, uh, you know, the Mavs liked him from years. Mm-hmm. But it was a matter of, you know, are you going to be able to even get this guy? And he refused his extension a year ago from Golden State. Obviously, if uh, Durant goes anywhere else, Golden State's going to resign him. But once he became available, the Mavs pounced. What was the for them making that decision um 
There are a couple things that stick out to me. We mentioned pedigree, number one, work ethic, personality. What was the most important thing for the Mavericks to go, yeah, I'll commit that kind of money, that kind of dollar, that kind of um, you know franchise-altering decision to this guy that honestly, I'm not sure if he's got it. it. Yeah, I don't know if he's got it. I think it's a combination of coming from a winning culture in Golden State, his youth, knowing that the ability is there, even though it hasn't been shown on the NBA level. And then I think the, the clincher was just his character and who he is. I think especially coming off Parsons, um, they wanted to, you know, it's like when you, you, you uh, hire head coaches, right? And you, mm-hmm. you have the taskmaster and then you want the yeah. players guy. You got a right? defensive you, you guy, just, then you got an offensive you go, guy. You go yeah. opposite of what you just saw. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that was a clincher where this guy is going to seamlessly fit into a Dirk-centered locker room. And not only that, take the mantle where I think what you're seeing this year in the locker room is Dirk still sets that tone of it's fun, yet we work hard. And he's transferring that to Wes and Barnes. And so that now, after next year, when Dirk goes, it won't be this kind of vacuum. It'll be the same atmosphere that has worked for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, starting 4-17, and 17, it's not fun. It's not something you want to go through. But it did allow um, a little leeway in terms of player development, in terms of guys getting minutes that should honestly have never gotten that many minutes or that many opportunities. Um, but even... That seems like it's circumstantial. Like, I don't want to slight them on what they've done player development-wise because even at the beginning of the season, I remember talking to um, Del Harris, who is the VP of the Legends, and I asked him, you know, what are we going to do? What are, what's the future look like? And he was telling me that they've invested more and taken, and I hate saying more seriously because it's as if you, like, didn't give a crap about it. You know what I mean? But they've taken a real serious foot down we're going to be uh, aggressive about this in terms of player development and what tipped that off do you get it like lay it all at the feet of starting four and 17 and and this sucks and we have no other choice or was it an actual going into this season we can't do this this formula for much longer we can't do the chase the big name free agent formula for much longer um so what do you what do you think pushed that boat off that is the player development figuring out what some of these young dudes have. I think it was this summer realizing that, you know, it, uh, the NBA has changed and especially with the new CBA that was signed during the season. Um, you, you can't, free agents aren't moving anymore. And I think Mark knew that that's where the trend was going with the negotiations of these superstar maxes where, you know, it's, this summer there won't be, you know, Durant's not taking meetings. Curry's not taking meetings, right? You won't see any more of these tours like mm-hmm. Carmelo did. So we're, you're not going to have those opportunities to, you know, wh- where everybody would complain, oh, you're waiting on, you know, so-and-so for five days or whatever, or the white side meeting or whatever. So you have to, A, draft, and B, develop your young players, and, and C, find guys that maybe have gone through the draft like Yogi, like Quentin Cook, you know, these guys that you've got to, and, and, you know, I mean, hats off to Donnie. Look at what they've brought on, you know, since last year. You know, Seth had mm-hmm. a two-year, $6 million deal who's... I mean, I was happy about that. I don't know how many people were. I was yeah. I was pretty giddy about it just from... You're not getting the A-level free agent. You landed Barnes, which was really cool, but 
you have to take, you have to find these little slivers and you have to turn those little slivers into something bigger. Especially when you have a cap, right? You, yeah. You know, you, you're, you can't pay everybody $20 right. million. Dollars. And him starting the end of last season for Sacramento on a crap-ass team right. that wasn't going anywhere and putting up those kind of numbers and being that kind of a player, that's the stuff you have to do. You have to hit on a lot of those right. to get back into it. And then you have to find guys, right? They found Yogi, mm-hmm. Dorian Finney, yep. right? I mean, you know, here's a guy that's a rotation player mm-hmm. that you're paying nothing to yeah. for years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they signed Barnes. They got Noel for literally nothing. You're basically, you know, guaranteeing a free agent signing when you get him. There's five of your top, what, eight guys? Mm-hmm. I mean, think of your, in terms of assets, like things that other teams would be interested in, not that they're going to trade in these dudes, but like when you start ranking what they have, Right in their uh, in their in their wallet, like okay, they acquired Harrison Barnes in the last six months. They acquired Seth Curry the last six months. They just acquired Nerlens Noel. That's like their top three, right? Like uh, assets. And and think about you know, I mean, when we were four and seventeen, this place was Armageddon for Mavs fans. They're like, what the heck? Oh my mm-hmm. gosh! You know, the sky is falling. It was a month and a half. Yeah, and now. What if you're a Philly fan or a New Orleans, Sacramento? These teams have been going through years and yeah. years of rebuilding, and we had six weeks. Yeah, and all of a sudden, you're seeing a plan for the post Dirk Mavs, where mm-hmm. when he leaves, there's no step back. Yeah, there's, there's actually step up because they're so young. Noel Barnes, uh, Seth, three of your top five, and let's let's throw in hopefully a draft pick that ends up mm-hmm. starting, are young, young, under twenty five, young. And then you have Wes as a leader. You got to have some some experience in there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, and there are teams. I mean, like New Orleans, like uh, like Sacramento, that have gone like entire presidential terms of this kind of life. Yeah, you want Ben McLemore on your team? Do you <laughs> yeah. want you know uh, uh, Langston Gallo? I mean, yeah. these guys that are just dudes yep. that are getting tons of money, and mm-hmm. these teams have drafted or picked or signed as free agents. Some of these dudes that you're just like. You know, you could be stuck. Look at New Orleans for years and years, and they've got, they just traded for Boogie. They got Anthony Davis and literally nothing else. Mm -hmm. Well, Drew Holiday, but (laughs) what have you been doing for years? Yeah, and dudes, Ben McLemore is interesting to me because he's one of those dudes that when he came into the league and he was drafted by Sacramento, I go, that guy's not going to have a career. Like, he's going to have, he's going to make, He's going he's gonna to make enough money at the NBA level. And he's going to play for, you know, whatever, five to eight years. It'll be fine. Not memorable. Not a difference maker because of the team that he went to. And I go back and forth with that, like, all the time. Even in every, you know, even in football. Like, when a guy gets drafted and you go, okay, he's going to Cleveland. Right. Can his what, what talent overcome? Prescott done Cleveland. Right? Exactly. Yeah. And Well, that's a Noel conversation, too, right? Mm-hmm. In other words, you're, you're basically starting from scratch with Noel. Yeah. Because... Who knows what, if anything, he learned in Philly. Yeah. Right? And so, you know, he's playing two games. The problem with bringing a guy on at the deadline, now it's March 1st, there aren't any practices in March. Right? Mm-hmm. These guys are tired. When you have an off day, it's kind of a walkthrough. Just keep loose. Keep your energy going. Mm-hmm. Talk about the game ahead. Maybe you run a little bit. But there's not a lot of blocking and tackling in terms of, you know, here's what I need you to do, and here's the pick and roll, and we were going to do so it's going to be hard for him to, to, to kind of come in midstream. You're not going to see a lot of success with different things he can do offensively or where he's supposed to be defensively, and so he's going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. But he's got to learn. You know, we've got to 
teach this guy from ground zero and it's mm-hmm. going to take, you know, summer and camp to do that. What do you think his upside is? Like if we get the most out of Nerland's Noel over, I'm assuming, you know, they're going to resign him. Uh, that's an assumption, but, uh, it's a guarantee. I mean, they wouldn't, yeah. what, when you, when you trade for a restricted free agent, you're basically saying, you know, I want to guarantee I get this mm-hmm. guy. And because the cost was literally zero, you're doing that. You, you wouldn't trade. It would be insane to trade for a guy and give up two picks and all that. Then you'd be like, what the heck are they doing? Cause you know, there's something there, but the only time that happens is Rondo. You can, you know, can somebody put a ridiculous deal? Sure. But the dirty little secret of the NBA is Fagan's going to call those teams and be like, dude, mm-hmm. don't do it. And if you do, no player of mine's ever going to sign with you. Yeah. So th- that's not going to happen. They're going to have to pay him a good amount, mm-hmm. but you know, it's not going to, somebody's not going to just try to pick him off or else they would have made the trade a better trade. Oh, exactly. Yeah. So what do you think his peak is his upside over this next contract, which is, which will be four right. after this season? I mean, you would hope that he turns into a, a young Tyson, right? That mm-hmm. gives you, you know, 11 and 9, 10 and 10, 12 and 10, just, you know, a defensive anchor that can be a shot blocker, uh, adjust shots in the lane, you know, pick and roll, roll the basket. He's never, you're never going to feed him down low. You don't want to. You just want a guy that just likes to get rebounds, slam it in, occasional alley-oop, mm-hmm. keep the center honest on offense. Uh, you know, if you have to pull him out of the game because the game, team's small, he doesn't pout about it. And I think everybody would be happy with that. I think the thing that separates him from a lot of the centers that I want him to grow into the mold of, like your, your Drummond, your DeAndre Jordan, like I want him to be that kind of guy. I want him to, he's obviously a lot lighter than those type of dudes. He needs to be eating some peanut butter and jelly sandwiches yeah. before bed to get up to there. But the thing right now that separates him from those dudes is... He's shooting 70% from the line. Yep, he sure is, which, which is absolutely essential. I mean, the knock on Jordan, a lot of these mm-hmm. guys, in a playoff game from the six-minute mark to the two-minute mark, you got to take him out Yep, because you can't afford it. Mm-hmm. And, and you can't, to me, you can't have a max player like that that you can't use. Right, when you need him. Four minutes of the most important game of right. your season. And that's what I always said about Jordan, is that you, if, if that's the case, then what's the point? Mm-hmm. I mean, the regular season's a regular season, but... In, when push comes to shove, you've got to yep. trust him. So yeah, he's got touch, he's got agility, he can run. I mean, uh, I think in the I don't know if it's the last game, or the game before, got a rebound, drove it all the way down the floor. Mm-hmm. Nice little bounce pass that didn't didn't connect. But I mean, this you think Jordan could do, or Jefferson could do that? Yeah. So he's agile. He's got you know the ability to do it. Could he turn into a white side? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know. But even if he gives me ten and ten every night, I'm that is perfectly fine with me. Yeah, and. Well, I guess today's Tuesday. My days are getting weird. But Monday night, last night's game, um, he had one pretty cool block, which was kind of a white side didn't see him coming. Yeah, a little lucky, yeah. But what I liked more defensively is whenever Drogic was getting in the lane. And he every time. he did not expect Nerlens to like get to this space up here where he was trying to release his shot. And a couple times, and it was mainly in the 12-0 run that ended the game, it was Nerland closed on him. Stayed in front of him, went straight up, and Drogic had to throw it real goofy off the window, and they went off soft. Yep. And that's the kind of stuff. Like, I don't need that's him. Key. I don't even want him to to block hunt. Like, I don't want him to be Just like Hassan. Shots. Yeah, Hassan Whiteside, he's gotten better this year. but yeah, he's, Hassan's after his stats. There's yeah, no doubt. <laughs> exactly. 
But there are a couple dudes in the league that will get out of position, make silly uh, defensive plays that um, just collapse everything else around them because they're trying to they're block a shot. Yeah. That, yeah, exactly. And smart teams will make an extra pass, and then you look silly, and that's an easy two. And listen, he's young. He, you know, I, you know, again, I'm biased, but I think Casey and Jeremy are the best mm-hmm. conditioning group in the league, and that is, you know, a, an opinion shared by many. That's why Casey was the Olympic trainer for for two sessions. Um, he's going to get the conditioning and the strength that he needs to, yeah. and that's going to make a huge difference. Yeah. I mean, get, he's get a, pretty swift. Let's get a summer plan in him, mm-hmm. and I think people will be shocked at what they see a year from now. Yeah, I completely agree. And I I really don't even think, like, the knee injury at the beginning of this season was that serious. I think it was Philly being a little bit of Philly. It's him going, listen, yeah. I know you love Embiid more than me. Yeah. You know, Why don't you trade me? Trade yeah, me Trade me early just, on. Let's, let's yeah. go ahead and get this over with. And uh, you know I won't play, so there's no there's no you know risk of injury in right. there. Um, team calls, tell them I'm fine. You're just not playing me, and then it kind of drags on. And something happened, and I know the something was Hinky getting run out of there halfway through the summer, where he stopped practicing with the team and started practicing on his own up in uh, New England. And I think whenever Colangelo went in there, I think they had a really tough conversation. And I think he basically said, like, I don't want to do this well, I think internship. Well, told him, here's the deal. I know, you know, if Embiid ends up being healthy and playing, mm-hmm. that's going to be your guy. So I'm not resigning with you. Yeah. And that was pretty obvious. And, yeah. You know, Fagan knows what he's doing, and he's basically like, yeah, that's the deal. Like, you know, in a way they say, well, oh, well, look, you know, we're not going to sign an extension. We're looking around. And it would have been silly. I mean, Philly can't give him that kind of money when they have Embiid. They can't mm-hmm. play them both together. It, you know, they've got to hope Embiid can get healthy. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's just, you know, Hinky had a process, obviously, but drafting those two, you know, you don't, why are you drafting the same position guy? The Okafor one really pushed it over the edge for me. I was like, okay, I can figure out how to get minutes for both these guys. Like, if, say, Embiid's fully healthy, Noel's fully healthy, I can figure out a way to get Embiid 35 and Noel 25. I'll make it work somehow. But, but it's a Nurkic. Jokic thing too. Right? Yep. I mean, it's just there's again if you're building a team with a cap and all that, there's just no reason to do that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, what do you think uh, Nerland's his market is in uh, whatever it is first day of restricted free agency? You know, I mean, restricted free agents get 25 percent of the cap. That's pretty ridiculous. But I think you know if he signs for 480, I think that's fair on all sides and and it's a reasonable deal. Again, look at what. Contracts were going for last year, you know, 96 for some of these guys. Look, you know, Biombo got 472. Uh, Mahimi got a great deal. I mean, you want those guys? No, <laughs> right? I'm good. If you can get this, what is he, 23? How old mm-hmm. is he? He's going to turn 23 in like a month. Yeah, if you can get a 23-year-old at 480, that's going to be one of those deals you look back and go, absolutely, mm-hmm. right? This was... you've got your cornerstone of Noel, Barnes, Matthews. Yeah. Seth is going to be up in a year, right? You got to deal with that. But that's what you do, right? That's the price of poker. And you've got, you know, hopefully a great draft pick that you made. And, mm-hmm. and there's your, you know, I mean, if you really look at where this team is, there's not a lot of spots now open, right? Yeah. You've got five. It's pretty, it's pretty, so you can pin it down pretty easily. You've got your top five, right? Noel, mm-hmm. Barnes, Dirk, West, Seth. And obviously Dirk's got a year in him. Uh, if he go, you know, when he goes, you can move everybody up, you know, Barnes at power forward. 
you got to make a decision. There's five point guards in this draft, probably gone by pick 11. Are one of those guys the kind of basketball IQ guy that Rick likes? Would you rather go wing and have mm-hmm. a backup wing that can come in and play those Dorian Finney-Smith minutes and you're or you know behind Curry at the two? Um, you know those are the decisions they're going to have to make this summer. You know, based on what's in free agency and what they can do. You know, is there a you know uh, you just saw today George Hill and Utah are not reaching an agreement, so he's going to be free. But do I want to give George Hill you know twenty two million dollars a year? That's, or, you know, give him a Mike Conley money. He misses like a week out every month. Right. Do you want to do that to uh, Teague and those guys? Mm-hmm. Probably not. Yeah. But they're going to have money to play with. I mean, they're going to have somewhere, what, like 15 to 20. And I'd rather I'd rather fill in with the next level down and mm-hmm. see who's left and see if you can find a backup wing or whatever you didn't get in the draft for that rather than – you know, because you've you've got three big contracts now, mm-hmm. and so and you got Seth coming up. You, you can't throw silly money at a guy unless you're like, this is really what we need to to go. Unless Rick's like that point guard, I get he gets my system, and I trust him to run it. takes a lot to get excited about a bag but most bags can't save you 20 percent on auto parts that's 20 percent off headlamps 20 percent off oil filters 20 percent off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99 cent napa reusable bag so tell your buddies there's a bag they just have to check out quality parts helpful people that's napa know-how napa know-how at participating napa auto parts stores while supplies last minimum three items exclusions apply offer ends 10 31 17 